The elites fail to replace XRP. The title of today's episode, Sunday Sunday session coming in 4-16-2023. Folks, unbelievable this timeline, how it's going. And we now have confirmation. I had to do it today. I apologize if I offend you, but it is going to be a red folder session. Okay? It is going to be a red folder session. I have an article to read with you guys titled, The Fed is Bankrupt. We have a new ruling from the Supreme Court, okay, that we can question the constitutionality of the SEC. And the SEC has lost, what, five out of their last six cases at the Supreme Court. Another major L coming for the SEC in regards to this Ripple versus SEC lawsuit. They will be lucky to get Ripple to settle down with them and do a deal. And Brad has said, as long as they get clarity for XRP, they would be willing to settle, but they better hope and pray that they get that settlement because we have been on them. I want to give a huge shout out to John Deaton once again, speaking of, you know, these lawyers, the legal battle on the forefront here, we have John Deaton leading the way and he must have the notification set for Elizabeth. I got a plan for that Warren, because every time I see Elizabeth Warren tweet within 30 minutes, John Deaton is right on it right on it with the response and that's why we say god bless the lawyers that are fighting the legal fight the political battle that we don't want to have to be fighting but here we are in the united states the land of the free or so i thought an opportunity that we once had that's slipping away sunday session we're going to get right on into it current events cryptocurrency and the greatest transfer of wealth in world history if you missed the interview yesterday with jake claver after we wind down with this session you can go back and listen to that one yesterday talking about an asset-backed financial system Another big hitter doing real deals, Jake Claver. A huge shout out to him. And so that was recorded yesterday. That's up here on the YouTube. But today's session, Sunday, let's get right on into it, folks. You guys see what the deal is here. The crypto market slightly back up 30500 for your Bitcoin, 2100 for your Ethereum, and XRP is going to be at $0.52. Cents. Now, I don't know if you guys are ready for this. Um, I shared this chart yesterday with my Discord group, and I'm going to share it here for everyone just so that I can have this on the record and everyone can be clear on what's coming. Um, I, I want to make sure that we can understand where we're at. We're getting set up here for another uh, sacrifice of the cryptocurrency space. If you go look at the stablecoin legislation that was just passed, we're going to talk about it later. They're coming in with an operation choke point to squeeze this whole space. And so right now I'm watching that the markets pump back up. It is an alternative to the US dollar with Bitcoin and that that story that's being told with Bitcoin. And as people are seeking an alternative, they come into the cryptocurrency space. They see Bitcoin first, just like I did, just like many of you did. You see Bitcoin first. Okay. But there's still a bunch of manipulation going on. You still have a bunch of infighting within the space as far as uh, basically the guys running these exchanges trading against each other. The manipulation still there. The lawsuits getting dropped against CZ from Binance against Justin Tron and others, the investigations, lawsuits, it's all still unraveling in the middle of a banking crisis uh, for the big boys, for the old guard, also getting squeezed out, also going bust. So we get made fun of in the cryptocurrency space because some of our positions are down 50, 60, 70 plus percent during this bear market where we've been taken to the slaughter for sure. But we remain strong and have conviction in a few of these assets. Now, I don't do memes. You guys know me. I've been very reluctant to trade memes, NFTs, because I just feel like they didn't have utility. There wasn't a real value proposition. There wasn't a real problem solved. So I don't mess with the poop coins. I don't mess with the memes. I don't do the NFTs. I've probably missed out on some money trading there, but that's fine. I've been focusing on what's actually going to run the new financial system. That was a conversation that we had yesterday with Jake. And on a daily basis, we tie it into the current events as it is unfolding. 
unfolding, we're now getting vindication of all of our thesis finally coming together. And now the masses, the mainstream media having to run, uh, you know, pieces about the de-dollarization process and then finally starting to admit that this isn't the same participation trophy economy that we've had over the last decade of easy money policies from the Fed. They didn't solve any of the issues from the great financial crisis. They just pumped more juice and liquidity into the system and blew up the biggest bubble that we've seen in the history of the world. The everything bubble that is now popped. We've now been rug pulled by the Federal Reserve. Many people in denial about the recession, many people in denial about the Fed's actions and the damage that they've already done and the damage that will be done if they just leave them as is. See, they don't have to do a complete pivot and start printing once again, and they don't have to cut interest rates. If they just leave things where they are right now, as it was acknowledged last week from the Fed minutes, you guys saw that the Fed has acknowledged now that they have finally broke the system. They finally broke something. Right. And so what did they say? That was in the form, the acknowledgement, the confirmation was in the form of admitting that we might have a mild recession in 2023. Let me explain what that means for the common man, woman who's listening to my voice and can hear me today. What that means for you, especially in the United States, is that the middle class standard of living is getting squeezed out and sacrificed. And if you don't have a serious plan to maintain the income that you got, making sure that your job's not going away, making sure that your business is not going away, it's recession proof, and then making sure that you have real assets and real commodities that actually run the world as we see the rest of the world move away from our u.s fiat funny money move away from our outdated swift system and you see countries moving to gold back digital currencies you see the state of texas trying to move for a gold backed digital currency Interesting enough, in the stablecoin legislation that just got introduced, they want to stop anybody's ability from backing a stablecoin by gold or cryptos like XRP. So they want to tell us what we can or can't do with our money, what or what isn't money. Meanwhile, the Fed is bankrupt, the commercial banks going through a banking crisis that we've never, you know, haven't seen in decades, uh, in decades. I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen a crisis like this. The, the, the deposits compared to what's actually there in the banks, you guys are seeing that that's getting exposed. The big banks are benefiting from this once again, as they always do, and from the legislation that they're trying to pass, because all that it's going to do is consolidate all of what's coming in the crypto technology, the fourth industrial revolution. It just consolidates it back into the old powers that be. That's their plan. That's their operation. I mean, they can get exposed in federal court for rigging multiple markets, JP Morgan, right? But they're still able, they send 15 executives to the office of Ripple. Meanwhile, they pay off and buy off our politicians and our three-letter agencies. But it's all beginning to unravel. Okay, so I start out, I, I give a little context to this situation here for you guys as I go on into this update. And I show you guys that um, we, we're still gonna have chaos. We're still gonna have distractions. We're still gonna get shaken up, but great things are coming. There is a fantastic battle that has to be fought to restore sound money in this country, to restore the values and the principles and the opportunity that we once had in this country. And it's a worldwide movement as well through the internet, through decentralized technology. And then I said, the other thing that you need, once you have decentralized social media, decentralized money, you get decentralized voting, confirm that we actually have the ability to vote these politicians into power, right? That's what we need to set the world free. That's what we need to set humanity free. Decentralized social media, decentralized money, decentralized voting. 
confirm it all via blockchain technology. It's all tracked. It's all traced. But there's a positive side to that. There's a way that we can actually move humanity forward using this technology. What's their plan? Full control, full implementation. And the agenda is there for you to see on a daily basis. They are bragging about the success that they've had. They are bragging about how high, uh, high and moral they are, the high ground that they stand on as they introduce this this uh, agenda. And we're just gonna leave it at that before we roll on into the current events. If you appreciate this content, make sure you're subscribed to that notification bell. And then if you can please smash the thumbs up on all of our videos, it really helps the algorithm, really helps us spread this message far and wide. And we can help your friends, family, and those that you care about take advantage of this opportunity. The train has left the station. Do not get left behind. Let's take a look at the markets though right now. We already got 400 in the chat. Let's turn up guys. Sunday session, let's look at it. Bitcoin sticks, this is the chart. When I first started this rant, this is the chart that I shared with my group yesterday. We're watching this closely. There's a little bit of the secret sauce. I know some people laugh at this. Well, I don't care to explain the why. I just want to know how and how did I short and gain 140% with my portfolio over the last year? Well, it's by understanding this type of energy, these types of movements in the market. You can laugh at it all you want. It's undeniable the gains. 140% gains, and now I'm out of the market. I'm on the sidelines, but I am considering getting back in because the setup that I see here, once again, is very clear. This chart right here is titled Eclipse Energy back below 25K question mark because I'm open to anything here. I'm not a TA expert by any standard here, okay? But let's go back. Let's look at this. You're seeing back-to-back eclipses coming in once again. You watched us call it last year in October and November, and here we had it once again. April, May, last year once again. So we had it, came in here first in April. Solar eclipse, then lunar eclipse. And you see we ran up. We ran up to 40,000 Bitcoin. Everyone got excited before we got a 36% sacrifice back down here to 25K. So we did it last year, just one year ago. We get a little bit of a run up after that first eclipse. What are we seeing right now as we head in? This solar eclipse we're about to experience is coming in on 420. 420. While you guys are going to be dazed and confused, we're setting up this market once again for another sacrifice. Eclipse energy back-to-back, solar, lunar, 36% drop is what we did the first time. Later on in the year, how did we know it was coming? Well, back-to-back eclipses once again, solar, lunar, and that second one was a full blood moon lunar eclipse. 26% drop, FTX, was the story, right? The charts don't lie. And the Sam Bankman Freed puppet came in for his sacrifice right on cue. 26% drop. Where are we at right now? Well, we have another one coming in. I actually got to move this chart. This, this one's supposed to be right there. It's supposed to be. These vertical lines are your dates for the eclipses. 420. Okay, while well, everyone's getting dazed and confused. And they'll pump it. They might pump it, you know, a little bit just like they did last time. Just like they did before right there into the first solar eclipse. They pump it, send it, get everyone excited. This one occurs right on 420. You bet they're about to blaze up this market. Okay, I'm done with the dad jokes. Okay, uh, you guys see the setup. We pump it. 30K, here we go. Maybe one more final push. And if we do a 36% drop... uh, Sorry, let me readjust this. Let me readjust this chart work. Sorry, you guys see I'm no chart guy here really um this is a go right here 36 percent drop takes us down to 20k and if you get another 26 percent drop it takes us down below 25 down to 22.4 okay 
So I asked the question back below 25K, are we going to do it? Back to back coming in. April 20th, solar eclipse. May 15th and 16th is going to be your lunar eclipse. Watch it closely, folks. And I'll come back. We'll do more on that later. Let's get right on into it, though. Doran Chavez, I appreciate the super chat. Five bucks. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you guys know. If I enter a trade, I'll let you know. I'm not here to give you financial advice, and I'm no TA expert. I just find and observe these things. Oh, and by the way, guys, yeah, you guys, um, I posted a video on this yesterday, and you guys were all commenting about waters above. Huge shout out to Waters Above. I, I've always said Waters Above is the one that got me tapped into this last year, about a year and a half ago, actually. Now it's been a while that I've been listening to him. And so Waters Above was the one that showed us how he uses astrology, numerology, and all the secret sauce. And so he is the go-to guy for sure. I don't spend any time doing decodes and I'm not really a trader anymore, but I did grow my bag 140% strictly using the moon phase indicator over the last year. So like I said, the proof is in the pudding. It's undeniable. I don't have a trading course to sell you. I don't do any of that. I just refer to waters above. He's the guy with the secret sauce. Huge shout out to Jordan. And um, I was actually thinking that I need to get Jordan back on the show. Don't we get waters above back on the show? A little bit of secret sauce. Um, as we roll into the back to back eclipses coming up here once again. Now, right in right on into it guys i wanted to start out with a little bit of positivity here remember what we're looking at zoom out consider everything that's at stake here from panos crypto is the greatest wealth creation tool of all time web3 DeFi, nfts tokenization of real world assets so much innovation so many opportunities world changing ideas new business models so excited to be here and witness this revolution from the early stages we are still early keep your eyes on the prize folks this is going to be truly incredible key events coming up this week let's get tapped in housing starts data on Tuesday, jobless claims data on Thursday, existing home sales on Thursday. And I believe we also get new home permits is on Thursday or Wednesday as well. Services and manufacturing PMI data on Friday. Huge week of earnings, including Tesla, Netflix, and banks. That'll be interesting to watch. Earnings season is officially here. The other thing to take note of, and huge shout out to Kabesi Letter, is that basically every day this week, someone from the Fed is speaking. So there's representatives from the Fed, um, speaking every day this week so we're going to get a little more insight on what they're talking about now who else is talking who else is sitting down for a meeting well that would be china's minister of defense meeting with president putin in moscow you're not only seeing them align militarily but they're aligning financially during this currency in the commodity war and it's moving and accelerating at a rapid pace we get a comment here former president donald trump says China pushing the world off the U.S. dollar currency standard is equivalent to America losing a world war. Here we go, folks. Let's listen in. Former President Donald J. Trump. China wants to change the standard, the currency standard. And if that happens, that's like losing a world war. We'll be a second-tier country. We'll literally be a second-tier country if that happens. Now, you're losing Brazil. You're losing Colombia, South America. You're losing uh, Iran. You've lost it. You've lost Russia. And if you haven't lost them yet, you're going to lose them. China's on the yuan, so China's gone. Then you see France going over. And over. What's going on? We're losing. If we lose our currency, that's the equivalent of losing a world war. Our currency is what makes us powerful and strong. Like I said, the mainstream media is still in denial, right? Finally putting out a couple pieces late to the game, but we've been warning about this, 
right? And so you can see, I'm about to show you guys a chart on the DXY here in a minute. And you guys can see that it's in a trend over the next seven years of the DXY going down. They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to reset it, restructure, and revalue it. And the United States government's also going bust at the very same time. Senator Ron Johnson, you are going to drive the debt to $50 trillion, he asked Janet. No telling Yellen. And she says, yes, but what I believe is the single most important metric for judging the fiscal stance of the country is real net interest as a share of GDP. Let's listen to this clip. You're going to drive the debt from somewhere around $32 trillion up to about $50 trillion, correct? Yes, but what, what I believe is the single most import, important metric for judging the fiscal stance of the country is real net interest as a share of GDP. Okay. We have so, so are you a, concerned a when, you, when you're taking the debt from 32 to $50 trillion, are you concerned who's going to buy that debt? And also at what rate they'll expect to be compensated for buying riskier and riskier debt. Are you concerned about that? Well, if the net interest, real net interest cost of the debt remains low relative to GDP and we're on a sustainable fiscal... Well, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not on a well, sustainable I, path. Are you I yeah, that's great work by Ron Johnson. Now, can you just imagine, Janet, running your company... Imagine, you know, a private company, private business. Imagine her as your CEO. Can you imagine? I mean, that's what we're doing, right? We have Janet No Telling Yellen as, as as someone here who's leading the way for the United States. Fifty trillion in debt, and she shrugs it off as long as the real net interest uh, compared to the share of GDP. But we look further. Kobesi letter shares this: U.S. national debt just hit a record thirty-one point five trillion, up over eight trillion since twenty twenty. Total federal debt per household is now two hundred forty thousand in regards to GDP. We now have a higher debt-to-GDP ratio than post-World War II at 120%. Here are some important facts about the U.S. national debt. right? So in response to Janet talking about that GDP, we now have a higher debt-to-GDP ratio than post-World War II at 120%. right? And we're just starting up this most recent skirmish. We've been fighting the war against terror, right, for the past two decades in the Middle East, kind of withdrawing now and toning that back a little bit. But you see, we're just getting started now with the Third World War, uh, or at least the skirmishes. We'll see. We continue to pray for peace, right? And I just continue to reiterate that we are bust. We are bankrupt. doesn't matter what cause, what war we support, who we think we should be sending money to, what new government program we think we should create. We cannot afford to do so. And that's why the rest of the world is getting us, uh, we, we, they're, they're getting the rest of the world off of our standard. That is the U.S. dollar, right? As Trump said, this is the equivalent of losing a world war. I would have to agree with Donald Trump on that one. That's not a political statement, right? Losing the reserve currency status is going to affect the middle class of America and the poor, the middle class and poor. Now, you look at this situation from the Capesi letter. The U.S. national debt is now over 120% of GDP, which was $26.1 trillion in the fourth quarter of 2022. In 2020, the debt-to-GDP ratio hit a record 135% as the government passed over $4 trillion in stimulus. And so just like Ron Johnson said there, the senator, I was saying the same thing. When the Fed goes to offload this balance sheet, who's going to buy this stuff? Who's going to buy the mortgage-backed securities and the treasury bonds? Because this is the same reason why the commercial banks are, are, are posting a $600 billion unrealized loss is from the mortgage-backed securities and the treasury bonds that they bought during this time. 
The government passed four trillion in stimulus. By comparison, jet to, debt to GDP after World War II hit 114 percent. The U.S. has a ton of debt. 21.8% of the public debt, or $6.9 trillion, is owned by the federal government itself. This includes Medicare, specialized funds, and retirement programs. 9.2% of U.S. debt belongs to the Social Security program. A program that may run out of money holds about 10% of our debt. That's right. And they, 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 they actually changed the debt. I, th I think that they brought it one year um, sooner. Basically, 2032 is when the Social Security program could be running out of funds, if I, if I recall correctly. Today, the Federal Reserve System is the largest holder of U.S. debt. After their massive balance sheet expansion during the pandemic, the Fed now owns 20% of U.S. debt. At its peak in April 2022, the Fed held more than $6.25 trillion in U.S. debt. This was a historic move. Meanwhile, servicing U.S. debt is one of the government's biggest expenses. Net interest payments on the debt are estimated to total $396 billion this fiscal year, or 6.8% of all federal outlays. Interest expense since 2010 has totaled over $3 trillion. So we have spent, since 2010, $3 trillion just on the interest on this debt. And Janet acts like this is sustainable. As we're running deficits of one, two, I, th I think they even said a few trillion per year here coming up potentially here soon. Despite record high interest, rates on U.S. debt are still at historic lows. While this seems like good news, rates are rising as the Fed attempts to cool inflation, right? This is one of just a few tools that they have to fight inflation is raising rates. But what does that do? It makes the cost on all this debt go up. Currently, rates on U.S. debt are at about 2%, while in the 1990s, it was about 9%. Interest expense is rising quickly. The U.S. deficit is on track to hit $3 trillion by 2033, while debt to GDP will hit 200% by 2046. According to the U.S. Treasury, quote, the rise in debt to GDP indicates current fiscal policy is unsustainable. The debt crisis is here. Without a doubt, the debt, currency, and liquidity crisis. Super chat from JJ's the 20 spot. That's massive, JJ, and I appreciate you for always contributing. Stack your bags, folks. Get your precious medals. Learn wisdom and discernment to fight the propaganda. World War III will look nothing like World War II. The deep state approved this message. JJ, we see it. We see it. It's undeniable. Undeniable. And the train has left the station. Your time to accumulate the suppressed assets is running out. And here we go, folks. My good friend, Jimmy Valley, shared this one today. So it looks like the Federal Reserve is unable to implement the XRP buyback. Uh-oh. I didn't mean to say the buyback word. I didn't mean to break out the red folder, but we have to break out the red folder. It's time for the SEC and the IRS to lay down their weapons. Allow the king to emerge. Rejoice. Viva la XRP. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jimmy, for sharing this article here today. And before you dismiss this, let's go see what this article is about. This article is titled, The Fed is Bankrupt. And let's take a look at it. This is from the American Institute for Economic Research. Before you dismiss it, right? The American Institute for Economic Research. This isn't just some Twitter post. This isn't just some clickbait. The Fed is bankrupt. This was posted by Thomas Hogan just two days ago. Let's read it. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell recently testified before Congress on the current state of the U.S. economy. In addition to monetary policy, Powell was questioned about the Fed's regulatory agenda 
and proposals regarding cryptocurrencies and climate-related financial risk. Barely mentioned, however, was the Fed's balance sheet, as we were just talking about in the last data point. The Fed has experienced significant operating losses over the last six months, which have exhausted its existing capital. Those losses represent foregone revenue to the U.S. Treasury. Operating losses. In the post-pandemic period, the Fed expanded the money supply significantly to support a swift economic recovery. It did so by purchasing vast amounts of U.S. Treasury bonds and mortgage-backed securities. While those assets seem like good investments at first, they are now a major hole in the Fed's financial position. As we said, and now when they go to do quantitative tightening and sell off these assets, who's going to buy them? When the bulk of the Fed's quantitative easing programs took place in 2010 and 2020, or sorry, 2020 and 2021, market rates on long-term treasury bonds fluctuated between mostly the ranges of 1.5 to 2%. At one time, the Fed was paying interest on bank reserves and overnight reverse uh, repurchase agreements of 0.15 or less, meaning they were giving out the money for uh, free. The Fed profited on the difference between the higher rate it received from its bond purchases minus the lower rates it paid on the reserve reserves and overnight reverse uh, repurchases. That's the reverse repo program that's been at all time high basically during this period. Now the Fed has raised the interest in pay uh, the, the interest it pays to 4.55 percent and 4.65 percent on bank reserves, but the rate it earns on its QA purchases remain mostly unchanged assuming as a rough approximation that the bonds it purchases pay an average rate of 1.75% in the average rate paid on bank reserves and on the overnight reverse repo is 4.6%, then the Fed is paying about 2.85% per year more than it receives on its $8 trillion securities portfolio. That's a loss of $228 billion per year. Right, because they own bonds that were paying out at 1.75%. And now we're looking at uh, paying 2.85% per year more than it receives on that $8 trillion securities portfolio. So it's a almost nearly a quarter trillion dollars per year that the Fed is going to be losing on its balance sheet. The bankrupt central bank. The Fed is bankrupt, and I don't just mean intellectually. Like a private bank, the Fed maintains some level of capital as a buffer against losses. When those losses exceed the value of its capital, the Fed becomes insolvent, meaning the liabilities it owes to others are greater than the total value of the assets it holds. The most recent data shows that the Fed owes the Treasury over $41 billion, which exceeds its total capital. The Fed, by common standards, is indeed insolvent. And how are we going to get anybody else to buy? our treasuries to buy our debt we can't and they're dumping it at the fastest pace seen in decades you guys are seeing japan our allies like saudi arabia all these countries are dumping these same assets that the fed is loaded up on that the commercial banks have loaded up on deceptively deferred assets what does the Fed do when its liabilities exceed its assets? It doesn't go into legal bankruptcy like a private company would. Instead, it creates fictitious accounts on the asset side of its balance sheet, known as deferred assets, to offset its increasing liabilities. Deferred assets represent cash inflows the Fed expects in the future that will offset funds it owes to the Treasury. As the Fed describes, quote, the deferred asset is the amount of net earnings the reserve banks will need to realize before their remittances to 
the U.S. Treasury resume. The Fed has already accrued $41 billion in deferred assets, and the amount is only getting larger. The advantage to deferred assets is that the Fed can continue its normal operations without disruption. Although considering the 40-year high inflation, its recent performance has been less than ideal. The disadvantage is that at a time when the Fed is already worsening the U.S. fiscal position by raising interest rates and therefore interest payments on the federal debt, it is further robbing the Treasury of revenues by deferring them into the future. Those deferred payments, of course, must be shouldered by American taxpayers until the Fed's remittances resume. These losses may offset by any previous gains on the Fed's QE portfolio, but assessing the net effects on those actions is even more difficult. QE has created massive distortions in the financial system. The Fed's interest rate tools of interest on bank reserves and the overnight reverse repo have significantly curtailed short-term lending in the banking and financial systems. This is bad, folks. I mean, they're bust. They're bust. By any standard, by any definition, they're bankrupt. In addition to its role in managing the money supply, the Fed is the primary regulator of most U.S. banks. If any private bank behaved this irresponsibly, regulator... Regulators such as the Fed or FDIC would force it to close. Bank managers would lose their jobs and incomes. Clearly, Congress is not planning to shut down the Fed and is unlikely to punish it for its poor performance. There's no accountability. We've never even had a true audit of the Federal Reserve. But there are changes that could be made. The banks that are members of the Federal Reserve system could be forced to cover the capital shortfall. As described in the Federal Reserve Act, the Fed could return to a corridor system of monetary policy resulting in lower interest paid on bank reserves and overnight reverse repo relative to market rates and therefore fewer reserves held at the Fed. Shrinking the Fed's balance sheet would make another Fed insolvency less likely, while also reducing the Fed's footprint and distortions it creates in the financial system. At the very least, the Fed officials could or should better manage its operations so as not to be a drain on American taxpayers again in the future. That is a very nice way to end that article. I mean, guys, as we were talking about when we had Jimmy on the show and we talked about this whole thing, this whole buyback drama got completely distorted and taken away from what the conversation was about. It was about the D.C. corporation in the United States being bust and bankrupt. And what solutions do they have for the debt, currency, and liquidity crisis? And why are they trying to make it law now that we can't back our stablecoins by gold or XRP? Interesting. Right. And then they go and they sue this little company called Ripple. Right. But funny enough, we get an, we, we get a victory here for Americans and for those that are fighting against these three letter agencies. And we got this in the form of another defeat for the SEC in the Supreme Court. Stuart Alderati says the SEC has lost five of its last six cases in the Supreme Court. SEC versus Cochran is the most recent one just a t- couple of days, a couple of days ago on Friday. Ashley Prosper shares this, though. Interestingly, in SEC versus Cohen, the SEC says that district courts have jurisdiction to hear claims challenging as unconstitutional the structure or existence of the SEC. This means one day there may be a case that says the SEC is unconstitutional. So the whole buyback drama got completely taken out of context. And people didn't realize the whole point was to fight back against the constitutionality, the legal standing of the SEC, of the Federal Reserve. See, I start negotiations. I'm not concerned about 50000 for my XRP. I'm concerned about we have an unconstitutional entity in the Federal Reserve that has a monopoly on creating money in this country. 
And that's not how it was set up to be in this country. And so now we're starting to see states come with gold-backed cryptocurrencies like Texas. We're starting to see states like North Dakota, which actually has one of the only uh, basically state banks in the country. The central bank, it basically is the central bank of North Dakota, the bank of North Dakota. And they've been moving in that state to allow them to custody digital assets and create and issue digital assets. And so you're seeing the states along with foreign countries like China, Russia, and others actually working together to force the hand against the Federal Reserve. That's what the conversation was about. That's what the red folder was about, along with understanding the legal battle um, that we have here in the United States with the lawyers. We have to have conversations with guys like Fred Rispoli, who filed the class action lawsuit against Coinbase to get our songbird in our flair. See, the red folder in this conversation was about making your claim. Finally, Coinbase has released our Flare tokens to us. I finally just got my Flare. We'll see if they give them our Songbird, and then with Fred, we'll have a conversation, and uh, you know, we'll withdraw the class action lawsuit against Coinbase. But it's about understanding the legal ramifications of the laws that they're trying to pass. See, before I came along, and my my good friend Jimmy Valley told me about article 12 of the ucc i had no idea about that and then we go and we look and we read and it's uh it basically is a groundbreaking new amendment to the ucc which is the uniform commercial code it's the law that describes how to conduct business not only on a state-by-state basis here in this country but there's similar standards and basically laws that govern other countries doing business as well and so they were looking to add the 12th Uh, Article 12 of the UCC, which includes a take-free rule, which would affect everybody in the cryptocurrency space, had nothing to do with 50,000 for our XRP or even the XRP community. It's about a controllable electronic records is what they call it. And basically, for example, if your NFT were to get stolen and you didn't make a claim within two years, the purchaser of that stolen NFT would have superior rights to you. That's how it was set up and written and adopted now in a few states. It's already been adopted as law. And now for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, this conversation is new to you. This is what I'm talking about. Is the immature folks in the crowd completely misrepresented what the whole conversation was about? Of course, I tried to have a little bit of fun with it. Oh, the confidential committee red folder. That, that, that was a joke. But it was a serious conversation that, every, that affects everybody. The laws that are getting passed right now. As they issue stablecoin regulation to stop anybody from being able to back a stablecoin by gold and XRP. Why can't I create a currency and back it by gold or XRP or Ethereum or stock in a company? We're about, I'm about to show you guys the stablecoin legislation that just got passed here. This is what the conversation was about, though, was figuring out the claim to be had the constitutional legality of these three-letter agencies and the cases that they're filing against us, the, the corruption that we've seen at the highest levels of the SEC, and then now with the Federal Reserve being bankrupt and trying to tell us what to do. Trying to maintain their monopoly on issuing currencies within this country, and they don't even have a constitutional standing in this country. Now, here we go, folks. 
All of this is being confirmed by the charts that I'm about to show you guys. Take a look at this. DXY, show me the charts and I'll tell you the news. Well, I'll tell you what's coming. And it's the death, it's the restru restructuring, reset, and revaluation of the US dollar. The blow chart is for the next seven years. And we're looking at the DXY, which is the dollar index, folks. First off, the Plaza Accord. The last time in 1985, the DXY touched the high end of the white channel and got rejected heavily. At the time, the Plaza Accord was agreed among the G5 nations of France, Germany, the UK, the US, and Japan. The goal of the Plaza Accord was to weaken the US dollar in order to reduce the mounting US trade deficit. Two, weaponization and de-dollarization. What pumped the DXY to touch the high end of the white channel and so far got rejected was the process of weaponizing the dollar. In my opinion, de-dollarization is by design being implemented because the U.S. will get choked if the DXY does not fall. Everything will be very expensive to produce and import. Three, madness. Some chart analysts betting that the DXY will break out of this descending channel and hit the previous all-time high. Understand that a higher dollar may effectively transfer demand from the U.S. economy to economies globally. As a result, other world economies, for example, Europe, Asia, etc., may see a boost in their exports from the strong dollar. This means U.S. kicking their nuts purposefully. The next seven years, the dollar will fall by design. The chart is saying the story and the charts do not lie. This is from EG Red Crypto DXY chart. We're looking at this thing zoomed out all the way back to the 70s. And you see this channel that we're, that we're seeing what we recently broke out here. Remember, the dollar was the cleanest shirt in the closet. That's why we pumped up here. Right? That's why we pumped up to this level. But what has been launched? An operation between hundreds and hundreds, or sorry, uh, dozens upon dozens, some estimates put it at over 100 plus countries that have moved away from the dollar simultaneously. Now there's, you know, is, is it called Operation Sandman? Is it Operation This, That? It's happening. It's undeniable. And, it, you know, you look at it from a country by country basis, they're moving against us. And so now you see, if we are about to drop back down here on the DXY, down to these lows, that we haven't seen in decades, folks, over the next seven years, they're going to have to reset, restructure, right? And when that DXY goes down, you know what happens to precious metals. You know what happened, what's going to happen to crypto. You know what's going to happen to the alternatives. And this is the punishment that the United States is receiving for decades of abusing this reserve currency status. Now it's moving quickly, the rest of the world moving quickly into digital assets. Check it out here, folks. Matthew L-I-N-Y, European Parliament agenda for the week ahead. It's happening, folks. Crypto assets. The MEPs are set to endorse the first EU rules to ensure the traceability of crypto asset transfers to prevent money laundering, terrorist financing, and other crimes, as well as a common frame framework. They're going to be moving this week. And then by the end of the month, they're set to be voting here on the Markets and Crypto Assets Bill, MICA is set to be voted on by the European Parliament later this month. Proponents of the EU's forthcoming regulations say it will have an effect beyond its limited scope. And you're seeing other countries, other jurisdictions like the United States follow right behind. We see this one here, Ripple XRP fam, Danelle Dixon from Stellar. She's the CEO and executive director of the Stellar Development Foundation, represented the crypto space so well, speaking in front of Congress, testifying last year. Danelle Dixon, quote, I'm very optimistic that we're going to get something on stablecoins by the end of the year. And the reason why is because we don't have a choice if we want to have a voice in this. We have to get it done this year. Let's take a listen here, folks.
U.S. We're here in Washington. I'm assuming you're having conversations around this. How optimistic are you on the regulatory front here in the U.S.? So I feel like we need to get something done here in the U.S. in order for us to really set the standard if we want to set the standard, which I think the U.S. government is going to want to do that. So I'm very optimistic that we're going to get something on stable coins by the end of the year. And the reason why is because we don't have a choice. If we want to have a voice in this, we need to get it done this year. When you say the U.S. government, who are you referring to? Is this a congressional question? Is this the SEC, CFTC mm -hmm. question? Is it the Biden administration and directives coming from the White House? I mean, who realistically is in charge? Well, we've actually already seen the Biden administration indicate, at least on stablecoins, that we need to see something happen there. So I feel like that's already been a directive from the, the White House and the administration. And then we do need to see in Congress, we need to see them take that and run with it and create something for us. So they're in charge of the legislation with respect to stablecoins, in my opinion. And we need to see it because once we see stablecoin legislation, we're going to see adoption of more uh, by digital assets of more companies that are in the Web2 space, which is essentially what I think we want. We want, if we want a strong U.S. dollar and we want a strong U.S. dollar globally, U.S. dollar stablecoin is a way to see that happen. You are, uh, Danelle, at stellar behind the development and growth of this technology in this industry. Um, does it have to be in the U.S.? Or why are you so U.S. centric, seeing as other countries are so much friendlier to the crypto industry than the U.S. seems to be? Well, I love the fact that other countries have actually taken a lead on this, and but I don't want us in the U.S. to be forgotten because I think it's a really important place where we have a lot of innovators and a lot of developers who are already really focused on this tech stack, and we want to see them be able to get their technology out and make it more utility-focused and usable. So I just don't want us to stay so far behind in the U.S. that we lose sight of what the value is, which is actually really getting these technologies to the U.S. consumers as well. And to be honest, if we don't do something in the U.S., we're going to be in this bifurcated world where we have legislation outside the U.S. that's more friendly to crypto. We're going to have companies being outside the U.S. And we're still going to have the issue where U.S. consumers are going to want to leverage this technology. So what are we going to do in that scenario? So I'm optimistic only because I don't think we have a choice. How do we get or how do you get then some of the political capital back that was destroyed by Sam Bankman-Fried that um, seems to be uh, seems to have been spent by CZ. I mean, this industry, um, they're not, you know, favorites on, on Capitol Hill. Well, part of it is that we don't have a lot of operators that come to Capitol Hill. And so we need to do that. We actually have some really great utility use uses that were shown already the value to consumers and to businesses alike globally. We see some of those on Stellar. We have the aid, the humanitarian aid use case that we did with the UNHCR, where the UNHCR is using Stellar and, and tools built on the blockchain and USDC to be able to get aid into, the, into Ukraine to users in two and a half minutes. That's an awesome use. We also have folks that are using this for cross-border. We see a lot of it happening where in Colombia, they're preferring the USDC, the, the dollar in Colombia, and they're leveraging that to, to, to count against inflation there. So these are things that we're seeing happen. And what we need to do is have operators come to D.C. and be able to tell their story of what they're developing. Stop talking about the technology. Start demonstrating the utility. This is what we've been doing for a long time. But honestly, it hasn't been that sexy when all the trading use cases and all that were going on. But now let's focus on the real utility. That's how we win this. Okay, so if it's if it's about utility, though, doesn't that require understanding? Because the argument we get from skeptics and some lawmakers as well is it's not necessary. You're just reinventing the wheel, maybe doing something in a different way, but we don't actually need it. 
Well, first of all, I think it's because a lot of them focus on the tech stack and they're not actually looking at the use the uses. When you look at a wallet that's actually enabling you to live in Colombia to receive to, to receive USDC and to hedge against the inflation in the local currency, that demonstrates that there is value there to someone and that is actually happening because it's a digital asset on a blockchain. So, we have to talk about the utility in order to make that happen. But importantly, we don't actually see a lot of discussion around that. So we, we see more discussion on the tech stack. And the truth of the matter is you use HTTPS every day when you go right. and log onto your computer, when you're checking your bank, when you do all those things. You don't actually talk about HTTPS. Right, I don't even know what I it's think. Exactly. <laughs> That's I, the point. The point is we have to stop talking about blockchain and crypto and show what it can do. Love it. Absolutely love it. Now that's Danelle Dixon, CEO and Executive Director at Stellar Development Foundation. And uh, that's absolutely fantastic, folks. Now, the stablecoin legislation, like she said, we're going to get left behind. We're not going to have a say. And so you think that America is going to just stand by and watch them not have a say in cryptocurrency regulation, DLT regulation, how it's used and who's allowed to, you know, create and reset their currency and establish new reserve currencies using this technology. Right. So we see the bill that just got introduced. Stablecoin legislation has been drafted in Congress. I read the bill. Now, this is from Ryan Berkman's RyanB.eth. And he says, decentralized stables become illegal in the U.S. DAI, LUSD, RAI, etc. become illegal, while centralized stables, DeFi, Ethereum, and ETH win big. High-level summary. Decentralized stables become illegal in the U.S. DAI, LUSD, RAI, etc. Foreign stables become illegal in the U.S. national boundaries for stables. In my opinion, ETH sees significant uptake as a payment method that's both legal and decentralized. That is a joke, but okay, we'll let you make that comment. Licensed stables, e.g. USDC, become huge winners and are permitted to access Fed accounts directly. Full summary. The act makes it illegal to offer unlicensed stablecoins in the U.S. with a maximum fine of one million and five years in prison. The act is specific that this applies globally. Their definition of stablecoin is very broad and includes DAI, LUSD, floating stables like RAI, and even includes exotic quasi-stables as long as they are designed to be redeemable for a relatively fixed amount of monetary value, including all fiat currencies. For example, this act makes it illegal to build DAI in America, illegal to send DAI to an American business or person living in the U.S., and illegal for foreign licensed or unlicensed stablecoins to be offered to Americans in any way. Wow. Uh, looks like they're trying to cut us off, right, from any alternatives. Essentially, this bill draws national borders around stablecoins by making it decentralized stables and foreign licensed stables illegal in America. In my opinion, the illegalization of unlicensed and foreign stables seems likely to greatly benefit the uptake of non-stable payment tokens, especially Ethereum. Okay, obviously this is a .eth guy. He's got the .eth in his Twitter bio. He thinks this is going to be great for Ethereum, which, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Ethereum does, does benefit, right? The act makes the stablecoin licensing process structured but ultimately discretionary. They decide who gets to issue licensed stables, allows stables to be collateralized by insured deposits in some cases, could perhaps cause deposit tokens to fall under this regulation as stablecoins backed by bank deposits. 
gives stablecoin operators direct access to the Federal Reserve, e.g. Circle could have accounts at the Fed. So finally, you would see platforms like Circle, uh, stablecoin issuers like Circle, get accounts at the Federal Reserve. This would launch an official study on a CBDC, including a surprisingly thoughtful list of criteria to study, including the potential impact of a CBDC on the competitive landscape of stablecoins. Okay, so another study on stablecoins. The act defines payment system broadly in a way that, in my opinion, would include many wallets, bridges, DeFi, and crypto payment apps. But the act does not regulate these payment systems. They aren't banning or licensing DeFi in this act. I'm not a lawyer, and this is my best effort interpretation of the act. And he gives us the link there down below. But he says this. The act also makes it illegal for a licensed stablecoin to be backed by reserves other than the U.S. dollar equivalents. For example, it would be unlawful for a licensed stablecoin to be backed by reserves of gold, ETH, shares of Google, British pounds, etc. So they want to stop us from being able to make a stablecoin that's backed by silver, gold, XRP, shares of Google, shares of Ripple, right? It's very clear, right? That this is part of Operation Choke Point. This is part of Operation Squeeze and consolidate the whole space into who, who we decide gets to be the winners. This goes against everything that America was founded upon. And once again, I think that this has to be fought at the state level with states like Texas trying to issue their own digital currencies that are backed by gold. That say, thank you for the suggestion, but we're not going to participate with that. Right. And so they want to make law that doesn't allow you to back the stable coins by uh, gold, silver, XRP. That's fine. In the meantime, I'm going to be stacking gold, silver, XRP. Thank you for the suggestion. We're going to keep on stacking. Thank you very much. Right. I mean, th this is finally they're moving and it's very clear now what they're trying to do to choke it, cut it off and control it. But let's move on through our cryptocurrency update here, folks. We've got a lot to cover. Bitso, the Ripple partner, just revealed that it had recorded a total, and, and like Danelle Dixon, this is showing the utility. This is showing the cost savings. This is showing money moving, liquidity being provided. Bitso, the Ripple partner just revealed that it had recorded a total of $3.3 billion of remittance transactions last year, which is three times the amount the previous year. Ripple transacts 3.3 billion between Mexico and US with Bitso using XRP, not using some private ledger, not using RippleNet, but not using XRP, using on-demand liquidity settling with XRP, 3.3 billion, three times year over year. Don't confuse the facts. We got a massive thread here from Lord Vendetta. This is a good one here, folks, but I got to go through this whole thing. This is about the UMU, the Unicoin, the Unicoin solution. As I titled this episode, the elites have failed to replace XRP. That was the title of today's episode. And you're going to see here why I titled it as such. You guys know me. I don't do clickbait. We're going to explain it right here. Here we go. Lord Vendetta, big thread. The UMU will not replace XRP. Stop the FUD. Amen. Since I was little, at the age of 16 to 17, now I'm 34, I was already hearing one world government, one world religion, one world currency, one world tax. Now, it's not a conspiracy anymore. It is a reality. We already have one government, the World Economic Forum. They are doing everything to destroy all religions by making us believe in aliens and other such things as CERN, parallel worlds, one world currency of the IMF. The IMF is one major financial agency of the UN and one international financial institution consisting of 190 countries. 
By having a world currency, they can impose a world tax. This agenda has been in the works since the beginning of time. Nothing can be done to stop this agenda. It is inevitable. Ripple plays a very important role in this agenda, fixing the plumbing of the world banking and financial system to enable this new world. Now, having said all that, the FUD continues because people still want to compare XRP to anything and everything. People don't like to read or do research. People like to jump to conclusions and give their opinion based on nothing. But 99% don't like conspiracies and conspiracies, if you can't understand them, will always be ahead of 99% of people. The Universal Monetary Unit, UMU, symbolized as U, can transact in any legal tender settlement currency and is designed to enforce the banking regulations and protect the financial integrity of the international banking system. Ripple is not designed to replace central banks or correspondent banks or the IMF or the Bank of International Settlements. It's a neutral technology that they can adopt to increase the efficiency of transferring value domestically and cross-border. UMU is powered by artificial intelligence and adopts a central banking monetary policy framework to ensure it has continuous purchasing demand, minimal price volatility, and annual asset pricing targets. Banks can attach SWIFT codes and bank accounts to UMU digital currency wallet and transact uh, transaction SWIFT-like cross-border payments over digital currency rails by bypassing the correspondent banking system at best price wholesale FX rates and with instantaneous real-time settlement. FX rates equal financial giant SBI to test XRP in 6.6 trillion foreign exchange market. So he shares an article here. Financial giant SBI Holdings, which remember the CEO of uh, you know SBI, Yoshitaka Katao, said that every bank in Japan would be using XRP by 2025. That's a direct quote from this guy. Financial giant SBI to test XRP in $6.6 trillion foreign exchange market. Instantaneous real-time settlement equals XRP. Ripple think this is a fundamental shift in how uh, value can be transported. This isn't about creating a better post office. It's a fundamentally different way of transferring value, the internet of value. So the UMU is a value like any other value, cryptos, CBDCs, tokenized assets, NFTs. On April 10th, 2023, in an IMF interview with Tobias Adrian, financial counselor at the IMF, he states, quote, cross-border payments can be slow, expensive, and risky. In today's world of payments, counterparties in different jurisdictions rely on costly, trusted relationships, nostro vostro, pre-funded accounts, to offset the lack of common settlement asset together with common rules and governance, XRP. But imagine if a multilateral platform existed that could improve cross-border payments at the same time transforming FX transactions, risk sharing, and more generally, financial contracting. The same Tobias Adrian that was with Brad Garlinghouse in 2018 with Christine Lagarde, the head of the bank, uh, Central Bank of England, and Augustus Carstens, the head of the BIS, the second one on the left in the picture below. So if the UMU is the competitor of Ripple or XRP, why is Brad Garlinghouse sitting with the same heads that set up the UMU and the IMF? And why is Chris Larson doing two meetings with the IMF? The meetings were done before we heard about CBDCs and all that crap. Why? Because again, Ripple has a mission to build a global infrastructure that will allow these people to do what they want. You have to understand one thing. Without Ripple, there is none of this. That's why Ripple has easy access to all the central banks of the world. Ripple has a mission and the mission was given to Ripple by the same people who set up this agenda. Ripple is their weapon. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. According to Daryl Hubbard, the executive director of the DCMA and the chief architect of the UMU, 
Quote, this vision is expressed by the IMF is the exact solution the DCMA is delivering to central banks worldwide. Joel Katz, David Schwartz, once we get one corridor, we hang other countries off each end of the corridor, expanding the reach of XRP. Now say you're a company like Apple with a huge pile of cash. If you want to snap up other assets cheap, you'll need to hold the asset the people selling want. And if they're going into any of other, the other corridors, they'll want XRP. So you would want to hold it. They'll save money by holding piles of XRP. XRP used as a vehicle uh, as an vehicle asset in international payments. XRP is not competition with any CBDCs. CBDCs need XRP. It is not XRP that needs CBDCs. Let me read that again, folks. Because this is what I've been saying this whole whole time. All this confusion about the private ledgers and all this and that. CBDCs only increase the need for a neutral bridge asset, neutral bridge currency like XRP. CBDCs need XRP. It is not XRP that needs CBDCs. Whether it's an international, national, wholesale, or any other CBDC, it's still the same value and therefore a CBDC. Project Icebreaker from the Bank of International Settlements equals many foreign exchange providers can submit quotes to the system's hub, which automatically selects the cheaper one for the end user equals Ripple. Kind of sounds like liquidity hub, right? Sourcing the best liquidity using the automated market maker function. The icebreaker system implements the use of a bridge currency equals XRP. If transactions between two specific end currencies are unavailable or not favorable, promoting competition among foreign exchange providers. The project also demonstrated that the hub-and-spoke model can reduce settlement and counterparty risk by using coordinated payments in central bank money. In complete cross-border transactions within seconds, XRP, for countries considering the development of a domestic CBDC, the project provides a model for extending them and innovative services into cross-border transactions. I don't... I don't... Uh, I don't know what to say more than that, but I think it's clear and people need to learn how to do research. They all depend on some YouTubers with 12-minute videos, lol. You cannot educate people with 12-minute videos. This BS. Influencers need to do live streams of two or three hours to really explain this stuff the right way, like I do with my French community every effing day. And never forget, XRP is a supranational currency according to the World Bank and that it is participating in the UMU project. A supranational currency should be used as an international means of payment. The UMU is centralized equals the IMF equals XRP is neutral and no jurisdiction or agency can control it. Take care, guys. One love. And that's the thing is we're hitting the 58 minute mark right now. We've been doing live shows a few times a week that run up over an hour-long sessions, and I get people that complain all the time. Well, we have to break it down. We have to explain this. You can't just do 10-minute clickbait videos. I do drop the 10-minute clickbait videos once in a while, but I engage in what I call ethical clickbait. If I put it in the title, it is to bait you in to watch the video, but I explain why I put it in the title, and I'm going to try to provide value, and we're going to try to explain the utility and why the FUD is nonsense and why all this, all this um, FUD that's recently hit the space, we can cut through it rather quickly, rather quickly. With all the research, it's taken years of research to be able to cut through the FUD right away. We can address it right away. Every time I see some new piece, new article, someone DMs me, hey, Zach, what do you think of this? In real time, we can debunk it. We can answer it. We have solutions to the question. We have answers provided. But that's because we've done years of this research. Didn't happen overnight. Now, we got a couple more. 
Quote, uh, we got Ripple right here. Industry leaders believe in the power of blockchain and crypto, but want regulatory clarity and improved sustainability. Our new white paper with the U.S. Faster Payments Council shares insight into crypto's potential to transform global value movement. Now, you guys can see right here, I did download this white paper. You got to get on Ripple's email list and tell them what uh, business affiliation you're with. Uh, but I was able to get this. This was Ripple with the U.S. Faster Payments Council. They put together this white paper, a special report from the U.S. Faster Payments Council and Ripple on the transformative opportunities of crypto-enabled crypto payments and what leading providers expect next. Now, I'm not going to read the whole white paper, but I'm just going to read the summary here from Team Ripple. They dropped this last month. Nearly 300 payment leaders from 45 countries agree that a financial system utilizing crypto for payments has strong potential to be faster, more affordable, and more transparent than existing money movement systems. So why isn't it being used more readily? A new white paper from the U.S. Faster Payments Council and Ripple finds that 97% of industry leaders across multiple sectors believe in the power of blockchain and crypto to speed up payments within the next three years, yet they need more clarity on regulatory issues and improved sustainability before making big bets on the technology. Now, right there you have it, folks. Um, it's undeniable. 97% of the industry leaders that they talk to agree in blockchain technology so while we're getting told right that there is no utility it's a pet rock and they try to launch operation choke point they try to launch this new stablecoin bill that's going to say who can or cannot issue a stablecoin and what or, or it can be backed by right you're seeing that it is undeniable that this is the way that we're moving this is all part of fudding us out confusing us confusing the facts oh you know the the, the same people that are doing the faster payments council right here. Who are they speaking with? Ripple. Once again, Ripple at every single meeting, every single table that matters. Despite having a relatively low volume of usage relative to overall payments today, crypto payments are growing fast. Mature use cases like remittance have helped drive a 350% increase in crypto payment users over the last three years in the U.S. alone, while infrastructure providers like Stripe, WorldPay, and Checkout.com all support stablecoin payment settlement. Now, what did we just talk about with Bitso? We grew the cross-borders just between the U.S. and Mexico uh, $3 billion. Uh, three times, I should say. Three times year over year. Those, trends lines, those trend lines will likely continue. Nearly 90% of surveyed payment leaders say crypto benefits could deliver cost improvements for international transactions and 75% anticipate cost benefits for domestic payments. In addition to cost savings, respondents say crypto and blockchain benefits could also help eliminate the need for pre-funding, speed up settlement times, and bring transparency to opaque capital flows. Now remember, with ODL XRP, you save an initial 80% just from regular fiat settlement. When you use XRP. So when you use Ripple Tech, you get a little bit of a benefit, right? When you use XRP ODL, your savings are, are additional 80% savings. And this is what it's all about. Even with these early payment beachheads for crypto and near universal excitement over its potential, the technology still faces hurdle to adoption. While more than half of survey participants say they are considering crypto use, only 17% currently support crypto-enabled payments. We're still so early, guys. For most payment leaders, this gap boils down to two clear concerns, regulatory ambiguity and sustainability, right? Everybody has to be woke. Everybody has to, you know, be sustainable, right? Yeah, yeah. They're really concerned about that. Let's see if there's anything else. I'm going to skip over the rest of this. 
The goal of this report is to provide industry participants with a deeper understanding of crypto's use today, the expectations and concerns that could impact future adoption, and where it has the potential to produce the greatest change. Ultimately, it finds that payment leaders understand the power of blockchain and crypto to transform global money movements. Beyond its consensus benefits of cost speed and transparency, crypto also has the potential to make markets more inclusive. Now, how is it possible that a company is getting sued by the SEC where at the very same time they're sitting down and writing white papers with the Faster Payments Council, right? They're sitting on the Digital Dollar Project. They're sitting on the Digital Euro Project, Digital Pound Foundation. They're meeting with over 20 central banks as we speak right now, but yet they're getting sued by the SEC and we're supposed to believe that they are no part of this new financial system. Okay, let's look at the XRP flipping zone with EG Reg Crypto. Right here, folks, little TA, are we about to flip it? The demand and supply zone is explicitly showing why XRP pump is facing strong resistance around the 58 cent level. Also, the final wake up line is playing a major resistance so far. However, once XRP flips the supply zone into support, it will be a clear signal for a major pump. Revisiting the whitish box is within the realm of possibilities, but better not to do so. Stay steady. XRP will melt faces. Let's take a look at it. You know, we like these charts here from EG Red Crypto. The flipping zone, flipping supply zone into demand zone, and the final wake up line. Can we break it? Can we break it? Well, we're building such strong support, guys, along the bottom here. And the suppression that's been going on here for years is undeniable. And we're getting ready. We're getting primed and ready for the breakout. So stay tuned. We got a lot coming on the way here for you guys. More interviews, more content. If you haven't already, please smash the thumbs up on this video and make sure you hit that subscribe notification bell so you don't miss any of our future content. At this moment in time, let's fire it up. A little bit of a Q&A session, Sunday session. How are you guys doing out there? God bless all of you. What are we working with? I already showed you guys the charts, okay? You guys see the market is back up today. We're looking at Bitcoin back up to 30, uh, what are we at? 30,350, 2100 for our Ethereum and XRP's at 52 cents, okay? Basically moving sideways, building support above 50 cents, XRP getting ready for breakout or break back down, but we do have major support and they're not gonna FUD us out over here. We continue to stack. What are you guys working with? What are we working with guys? Sunday session. Education is priceless. Keep it coming. You bet. You bet. We got a lot more on the way for you guys. Okay. Now, if you guys are looking to get your precious metals, just go to my website, get in touch. And if you're looking to join our Discord community, we're running a special right now. Uh, and I'm going to be actually closing off this opportunity rather soon. Okay. Probably by the end of May. I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna run this deal till the end of May. If you sign up and pay for a year of the Patreon membership for our Discord group. Uh, you're going to save 16%, but you're also going to get a lineup of free 30-minute one-on-one session with myself included, okay? So I'm going to run this deal to the end of May, and then I'm going to be closing it off, okay? The calendar's already filling up, but for those of you that want to take advantage, even if you're already in the Discord group, you just sign up for a year, your Patreon membership, you're going to save 16% on your yearly membership, and you're going to get a free 30-minute one-on-one session with myself. Uh, we've brought a lot of value to the community with these sessions because we get to talk about life, business, uh, opportunities, investing, and how do we are uh, building generational wealth. And I love to hear the stories. I love to hear the businesses. I love to see how you guys are maneuvering. maneuvering. And um, it's just been a pleasure because we're about to celebrate two years within the Discord community. Uh, truly incredible. Okay. The website is in the link in the bio. 
Please explain Ripple's marketing management and XRP value. Um, JJ, thank you for the five spot. Why is the Ethereum logo the same as the Antarctic flag? That's a good question. Symb- symbolism will be their downfall. It's all there for the uh, those with the eyes to see, isn't it? My website is ZachRichter.com. Do I know if Codius might have been integrated into Flare? There's a lot of speculation. Can't confirm it. Investors flocked to XRP injecting $8.8 billion into its market cap in 30 days. Finbold.com. Yeah, Dex, we're starting to see mainstream crypto acknowledging the move, and it's undeniable. And I think that, um, you know, we're, we're looking at some situations that could send it, but we're, we're staying patient, right? Obviously, a lot of speculation, a lot of anxiety uh, surrounding this summary judgment ruling that we're all hanging on the edge of our seat waiting for Judge Torres to give us that summary judgment ruling. And we could go nuts at any time. But the overall market, I'm watching this closely. Back-to-back Eclipse Energy setting us up for that sacrifice once again. Are you saying that this new financial system will give us a fair share for those who are early? Um, Yeah, I think that those who prepare, take advantage are going to be able to win. I I think that life is not fair. And so... um, even if you try to do all the right things, and even if you are prepared, you are tapped in. That's why personally, I still pray and ask God to take us through to the other side. I say, God, please just give me another decade. I'll be able to create generational wealth and have something to leave behind for the family. I just need another decade, right? We got a good start. If you give me another 10 years, please, please, God willing. Um, because bad, bad stuff happens to good people every single day, right? So life's not fair. We understand that. But the masses are asleep and they're going to get completely left behind. That's undoubted. What? You're out of the market? I thought you held XRP long term. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, this Saturday session, I just went through an updated portfolio uh, with my Discord weekly call this last Saturday, yesterday. And I still have a lot of XRP. Yeah. No, I'm just not trading right now. I'm just not trading. I have no stable coins. I have no Tether. I have no USDC. I have no stable coins loaded on these platforms ready to buy the dip. Okay, but I got cash. I got cash in the bank. Yeah, we're staying liquid right now. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you in the comments there. Why is the judge taking so long? Well, the cases has still been going back and forth. Like we just had the uh, basically supplemental evidence issued by um, the SEC, and then Ripple just respond to that. So now, according to Fred Rispoli, we're back to an any day now timeline for the ruling on summary judgment. So any day now. Just, just remain patient, guys. We're right there. It's just fine. It's just fine. It's just fine. We're building businesses. Ready to invest in real estate. Maybe you guys have already invested in real estate, right? We're um, doing some asset uh, reallocation as we move around, as we navigate this crisis, right? It's just fine. Making sure that our prepping's taken care of. 
A lot of people got confused because I put out a video talking about selling some XRP at about 10 bucks. And they were confused thinking that, you know, I think that everybody should just offload. I don't think anybody should listen to me at all uh, when they're trying to develop their exit strategy. They should use the information that I share to build a better foundation of their understanding, right, of cryptocurrency, current events and all that. But they have to match that, their understanding with uh, creating their own investment thesis and understanding their own reality. You, you know, I have listeners that are 70 plus years old that are already retired. They're not in income generation mode anymore. They're in a completely different boat than someone like myself who can still play around. I have 40 years of building wealth. I can handle a little bit more risk than somebody who has a million dollar nest egg, you know, uh, you know, 500,000 in their 401k and they're wondering, what do I do with it? What do I do with my 401k? It just took a 20% haircut last year. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And my financial advisor said, just chill. It's all good, bro. Now, that actually, that actually breaks my heart, though, when I hear the stories of people that are taking hits like that in their 401ks. And, you know, they're at their end of their game, end of their life, their end of the timeline, not much runway left. And you take hits like that, that, that wipes you out, right? And so we've been talking about how to preserve it how to build it because I got audience members that are 20 years old all the way up to people that are uh, 70 plus. I got people that have no money to their name strapped with debt. And then I got people with M's in the bank account. And so the information that I share is just to help you build your investment thesis, build your own foundational understanding. Uh, you know, you know, here's the problem is that we've put too much reliance on the financial advisors. Right, so our program is kind of understanding your investments at a at a certain level yourself. If you still have a financial advisor, if you still use a financial advisor, that's fine. I have nothing against financial advisors. Many of them listen to our channel. Um, that's fine, right? But you need to understand why he's telling you where to put the money. Thoughts on uphold. They're a solid platform. They've been up for now. I don't really expect them to have liquidity. I don't expect them to work when we pump. It's one of the platforms that I'm planning on using to sell some XRP along the way. But I don't even really expect them to have liquidity. But we'll see. You know, we'll see what they got when XRP pumps and we're all losing our minds. Is that chip from on the chain in the chat there? Chip, is that you? Appreciate everyone for tuning in tonight. 850 in the chat. Can we smash a thumbs up, please? Yeah, so that's why I got partnered up with someone that does help you roll over your 401k into precious metals. It's an option. Yeah. Yeah, so if you go to my website, you can get in touch with our people and they'll help you roll over your 401k and um, secure secure the gold and uh, silver while you still can because these vaults are getting drained. These vaults are absolutely getting drained. It's undeniable. So I don't go all in on precious metals. You guys know I have a small allocation to precious metals. And for me, I do think that there's some gains to be had, but I just like to have offline assets. You know, I, I, I can use this when the banking app's down, when the internet's down, when the systems are offline. I can take this to any country, any territory, and they'll know what this is. And it'll have value. It'll have value. 
maybe the systems will be offline and I won't be able to look on, on the chart and see if my silver is worth 25 bucks an ounce, if it's worth 50 bucks an ounce, but it'll be used. It, it can be used for transacting. I call it blackout barter. What do you have to use when the systems go down? That for me has been the hedge and kind of the insurance policy against the dollar, against systems going down, against crazy scenarios playing out. It allows me to sleep peacefully at night, along with a big bag of XRP, along with other things. I don't really like to speak on it too publicly, but, you know, precious metals stacked. And we're going to continue to press down, continue to press down on that. When the, when our federal government's trying to pass legislation to not allow people to back stablecoins by gold or XRP... That, to me, just makes me want to go buy more. Not financial advice. But when our government says, don't look this way, don't buy this asset, this is bad for you, or this is good for you, here, trust us. Thanks for the suggestion. Is there a minimum on how much you can roll over on your 401k? Um... I don't know. I know that a lot of these places are now doing $500 minimums. Even if you're just trying to buy the metals and get them shipped directly to you, the minimums are going up, the premiums are going up, and it's because the vaults are getting drained. There already was a 200 million ounce deficit last year. That was for silver. Some expectations of 15% growth in the industrial use of silver this year. So, yeah, it just continues. It just continues along with all of the institutions and smart money front-running the move. It's just like when they were about to confiscate the gold. The insiders knew, the institutional money knew, the, the, the smart money, the family offices, they all knew. And they loaded up ships, literally, with physical gold. They loaded them up in the ships, and they took the gold back to Europe. And they got it the hell out of the United States. Because they had the tip that they were going to pass that gold confiscation. Okay, so same thing's happening now. I don't think that they're going to do any more gold confiscation. I don't think that they're going to have to go that far. Um, but the vaults, the supply is getting drained. So the smart money's been loading up. India alone, the country bought 400 million ounces of silver last year. All right, so twice the deficit that we had, uh, the global deficit, twice that <clears throat> was bought by one country alone, India. That's making moves. Funny enough, India loves Ripple XRP as well, too. A lot of deals, a lot of, a lot of deals with institutions over there happening with Ripple. Um, so you said in another video that the train has left the station, but you can still get on. When do you think that the train will officially be gone and not be able to get back on? Well, you can still get back on the train. It's just the cost is higher. It's not 20 cent XRP anymore. It's 50 cent XRP. It's not 1500 an ounce gold. It's 2000 an ounce gold. It's not $17 an ounce silver. It's $25 an ounce silver and the premiums are going up. So even though Scott, uh, uh, spot silver is at 26 bucks an ounce, 25 bucks an ounce right now at the, at the, that's what you see on the charts. When you go to buy it, the premium is going to be at 40 bucks an ounce. So the cost to get on the train is going up. That's, that's, how the how the analogy works right there right the train has left the station we haven't gone full quantum yet we haven't hit elon the musk hyperloop and we're not moving at quantum speeds yet but we are moving we're picking up speed and the cost to get on board costs more if you want to buy your xrp if you want to buy your gold if you want to buy your silver if you want to start your business 
the cost is going up, you know? So, and, and, and they're literally killing off our on-ramps. They're destroying the on-ramps to get into cryptocurrency. People have less and less options to buy these digital assets. And then you guys already know the deal with Ripple is no longer giving XRP to the exchanges to give to us retail. They're only giving XRP to their on-demand liquidity partners. So that XRP, as far as it's working right now, it's only staying in the hands of the banks and institutions using it for ODL. It's not trickling down to us, me and you, Joe Blow, who are trying to stack up a couple XRP. I don't know about you guys, but I've been trying to pick up a few XRP here and there as we go. But the cost to get on the train going up. Soon you won't be able to make it. We'll be, we'll be moving too quickly and the cost will be too high. Right? As sad, folks, as sad as this is, think about this. This is reality. Please think about this for a second. XRP goes to $10. The minimum to fund a wallet and XRP costs $100. As sad as this is. Many people couldn't afford to open up an XRP wallet when XRP goes to $10. Let alone $589 price predictions. $10 XRP. There's a lot of people in America right now don't have 100 bucks. They might have 200 bucks left. That's what they that's what they have left to to feed themselves to their next paycheck. As sad as it is. That's reality. Right. So you see how interesting this dynamic gets for getting on board the train. People think it's just a meme and a joke that the train's rolling by and I make a little TikTok. I did the same thing last weekend, too. I, I apologize. I need to come up with something new now. But it's just so funny. The train has left the station. And uh, it really has. It's not a meme. It's not a joke. See, It's all fun and games until you can't get on anymore. You can't afford to get on. You can't afford the XRP wallet. Now, I was thinking about this. I'm going to put this out to Twitter. I've been meaning to put this out to Twitter sooner. But I want to ask this question to you guys. Um, what do you guys think about actually raising the minimum and raising the... the um, raising the uh, the minimum to open up a trust line? So actually raising the minimum for the wallets and raising the minimum for the trust lines. I was mostly thinking about the trust lines because I think that it would raise the cost to build and really like it, it, it would be a way to protect against the shit coins coming to the XRP ledger. Excuse my language. It'll be a way to stop the poop coins from coming to the XRP ledger because to open up the trust line, if we make the minimum more expensive, people will be like, I'm not going to open up the trust line. It's too expensive. And what's the real utility of this coin? So that's the question. What do you guys think about raising the minimum for trust lines? Right now, it's 2XRP. Right now, it's 2XRP. And I don't know what you would want to raise it to. You know, you could raise the minimum to 10XRP so it matched the minimum wallet, the minimum XRP wallet. If you just raised it to 10XRP, right? What effect would that have? Right? It, it, it would make people less willing to actually trade or swap their XRP for those tokens. And if you really wanted to build out on the XRP ledger and issue a token, it would raise that cost of getting more more users, more people to use that. 
I don't, I don't know if that would be, it would be beneficial to XRP holders potentially, but it would limit and it would make it more costly to get more XRP ledger tokens, right? But it would also weed out the scammers is my thinking. It, w- it would weed out the fluff. Like real, ba- real players, real businesses that wanted to build on the ledger, they would still do it because the cost, it would still make sense. Real utility, real businesses would still want to do it if the, the trust lines even got set up higher and people, users would want to actually use their token, you know, but it, but it would, you know, what do you guys think about that proposal? Raising the cost, the, the minimum for setting up a trust line. What do you guys think on that? Interesting. I say no. Two is enough. Two should be the wallet minimum. What do you guys think about that? Because everybody worries about the you know when XRP goes to five hundred eighty nine dollars. Uh, the minimum is going to be 10 and nobody will be able to afford a wallet, right? It would take 5,000, well, what, 6,000 bucks to, to open up a wallet if XRP is at 500. Well, you could lower the minimum. Everybody talks about lowering the minimum. I was just thinking, you know, what if you raised, made it more expensive to use? I mean, I feel like you don't want to raise the transaction cost because that would make the network too costly to use. So you don't want to do that. But if you raised the the trust line, it would weed out people that aren't serious, right? It, it would weed out the, the, the XRPL tokens that aren't serious. Obviously, that would have a big, um, it, it would take a lot of circulating supply out. Right. If, if, if instead of it costing two XRP to open up a trust line, it costs 10, you're taking out five times as much XRP out of circulation to open up and set up that trust line. So you would start to quickly drain the supply available for circulating. You guys think that's crazy or what? I don't know. It's just an idea. I'm going to I'm going to ask it to Twitter though and I'm going to see what Twitter says. Maybe we'll get David to respond again. David was in the comments last week. That was the first time we had David in the comments of any of my tweets last week. That was pretty cool. He never did answer my question. <laughs> I asked him a direct question, no answer. Which is telling. Not a, a no answer is an answer. Although fair to be fair, David gets tweeted 5000 times a day, so he might have just missed my tweet. It didn't hurt my feelings at all. I still love you, David.
What do you think of the FedNow system as an alternative to the XRP boom? Well, all these CBDCs, the FedNow system, uh, that's just an internal domestic payment system. You still need interoperability between other CBDCs, between all the other forms of value. So XRP has that utility, that use case is a neutral bridge currency, and I haven't seen anything that can replace it. That's why I titled tonight's uh, tonight's uh, title, uh, The Elites Fail to Replace XRP. Excuse me. I titled tonight's episode, The Elites Fail to Replace XRP. And, you know, you see the Universal Monetary Unit is what they just came out with, the IMF. And it was really just kind of a group that came out of nowhere. It's the Digital Currency Monetary Authority. It's just like an advisory group to the IMF. It's really kind of, it's not a joke, but I just, I think that it got kind of blown out of proportion. People thinking, oh, it's the XRP killer. No, because it's not neutral. That's the thing is no, no central bank can issue a neutral bridge currency like XRP truly is. It's not controlled. Yeah, see, there's a lot of people that are going to get out at 10 bucks. This um, person says, I don't care about 589. I care about $10 and I'm going to get the hell out. And this is what I've been warning the community about is there's a lot of people that are going to be dumping at $2. Um, a lot of people are going to be dumping at $2, $5, $10. They're going to be completely gone. Hitting the exits if they can. And I don't blame, like I said, I don't blame someone who's 70 years old, retired, just trying to preserve their wealth. And they made, you know, um, they made a 1020X off of XRP and they're good. They're set. I'm not going to knock it. I, you know, everybody's in a different situation and I'm not here to give you financial advice. It's funny though the the trolls and the haters that say that I shouldn't talk about it's it's you're offending me by talking about XRP going to five hundred eighty nine dollars are the same people in the comments saying that everybody should sell at five or ten dollars. It's like was well, that financial advice, right? I'm just having a little speculation session, just having a little fun over here, reiterating in the show five times that it's not financial advice, and I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. I just show people what I'm doing. And they still want to say that I'm giving financial advice. No. <laughs> I had one of the other Twitter trolls. What did he come at me with? Um, nah, it doesn't matter. I got the trolls coming at me all the time. I forget. It was funny, the same videos too, I'll have people complaining if I'm talking about XRP at five or $10, complaining that I'm not talking about XRP going to 10,000 or 100,000, right? <laughs> when I when I show somebody's chart that shows XRP going to 13 to $27, they say, this is nothing. Like XRP's for sure going to 10,000 plus. So I get it both ways. It's funny, you can never please everyone, so we don't try to. I just, I just talk about these current events as I see them, and I show you guys how I'm navigating this crisis, which is very simple. I, I showed my Discord uh, what I hold yesterday, all of my positions, and I'll tell you, it's very simple. I don't hold many coins. I have a few.
why wouldn't they lower the minimum price isn't this supposed to be available for all people at the end well you know steve that's why i'm just throwing out the question you know is do you want more people using it or do you want the cost to use it go up uh and in turn you know you're going to see the price of the xrp asset go up i you know i don't know or eventually after you get more people on the network and using xrp then you raise it that would probably be the best thing, right? You get more and more people on it, and, and and so you build out that the the user base, and then we jack it up. I don't. I mean, it it, it can be changed at any time. Eighty percent consensus to change the XRP ledger, so they can change the minimum. They can change the transaction burn rate. Um, you know, they could make it one XRP gets burned every transaction. I think that that would be one of the worst things to do, though, because I think that that um, we want XRP to be cheap to use, right? Um, as far as for for payments. Oh, how much XRP do you need to create generational wealth? Great question. So that's what I was going to say in regards to the trolls on Twitter. Is I put out the question, I said, while we wait for XRP to moon, what are you guys doing to build generational wealth? So you guys, let me know in the comments down below. Right, while we're waiting for XRP to move, what are you doing to build generational wealth? And then I get one of the clown trolls who comes in down below. The real question is, what are you going to do if XRP doesn't moon? And I responded and I said, keep building and buying businesses xrp is just one part of building generational wealth no response silenced no no clown response to that huh right our strategy has never been just holding xrp and sitting on our th our, on our thumb I'm not, I'm not gonna say the rest of that we're building businesses right we don't just hold xrp i gained 140 percent on my trading bag by shorting bitcoin exclusively since August of last year. We don't just sit and hold XRP. That's never been a part of our program. I know that Twitter and the TikTok talking heads, all they do is troll online. That one guy you know, thank you for the 10 spot. If someone is exiting at $10 or whatever, they need to get their LLC's trust and proper tax shelter account set up because those CAP gains taxes hit like a train, capital gains taxes. People aren't thinking about the taxes 100% got to consider it in the exit strategy right so a lot of my xrp a lot of my crypto i'm planning on just holding um and leveraging right you know i plan on selling most of my xlm plan on selling most of my xdc xrp is really the main crypto that i plan on holding but i said i want to see it stabilize it needs to stabilize and i don't care if it stabilizes at five dollars or five hundred dollars once it stabilizes then i'll feel comfortable using it as collateral to leverage it into real estate into buying more businesses and like I said, we're going to, our community is already building generational wealth without XRP. XRP is just part of the process. And if we're 10% right about XRP, it's life-changing gains. At 5 and $10 XRP, we're set for life. Diversifying, you think the platinum will grow with gold and silver? Yeah, all the resources, all the metals have been moving up substantially. I don't I don't I don't do stocks though, so that's the thing. 
with the miners, with some of these other, you know, ways to get exposure to platinum and others. I, I don't do stocks. Uh, I'm only looking to become an accredited investor and to get access to pre-IPO, do private placement deals. But yeah, they have been breaking out fantastic copper, lithium, zinc, um, you name it. Massive opportunity. Hey, Zach, give us an XRP price prediction for the end of the month. Um, I can't do that. Take out loans against digital assets. Yes, when you take a loan out, you're not going to have a taxable event, right? Taking on debt is not a taxable event, right? F Money, thank you for the two spot. Can you shout out my song, XRP Space Train, please? Uh, yes. Shout out to uh, XRP Space Train. I am not going to play the soundtrack, but that's cool. XRP community, throwing down the tracks. Love to see it. Is Quant not the best given supply? Well, I want to see more deals and I want to see more use of Quant, the Quant token. I see Quant's involved, they're doing meetings and that's fantastic, but I'm not seeing Quant actually get used by these banks and institutions like I'm seeing XRP get used for ODL, right? That's my problem with some of these other tokens is I haven't seen enough to make me actually FOMO into these coins yet. Now, Quant's trading at $120 right now at the time of this recording. And yes, the supply is kind of sexy with only $14 million in the total supply for Quant. That's nice. And if they're able to get you know any sliver of this utility of these markets that could be that could move to a very interesting place 100 right now at the time of this recording i don't hold any quant um i missed buying at 50 dollars. that's when i was trying to get in i missed and i haven't wanted to get in since up here at 120 dollars at the time of this recording so yeah i'm waiting on quant let's see some of these other coins our file coins at $6 right now. Stellar's at 10 cents. Hedera at 6.9. And you're seeing that uh, 6 cents. Hedera. Algorand, 23 cents. Quant, 120. Yeah, if you guys want me to plug your uh, sound, if you got any music, you guys can just throw a little, throw a little super chat down, and we'll shout out your songs. And start doing song requests. Okay, guys, I'm going to wrap up this session on the way out. If you guys can do me a big favor, smash that thumbs up for me, and I will see you guys in the next one. Have a blessed Sunday, and let's get ready for this week. It's going to be a massive one, okay? Okay, God bless all of you guys. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to ZachRector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. And all that we ask is that you share this message with other like-minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.